This message was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire, a contemporary Christian church in the north of England. Learn more at lifelanks.org. Hey, good morning, Life Church. How are you going? To our Czech friends, Dobry Den, Davici Angli. Three out of ten for that uh, pronunciation. Good to see you this morning. And uh, we're continuing our series, The Devoted Life. And I was really encouraged last week, I hope you were, at how many people responded to the appeal Pete gave at the end to be filled with the power of God, to be filled with the, the Spirit of God, with the Holy Spirit, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I want us to build on that today, and I want us to say, well, okay, that's what we received last week. I'm going to continue to receive more. I'm going to continue to be devoted, because I realize being devoted is my personal responsibility. It's not something anyone can do for me. So I've decided that that's going to be me. I am going to be devoted. And the Acts of the Apostles is the story of the Acts of the Apostles, but the, the ordinary people like me and you, it's the story of the Holy Spirit empowering people and actively working and bringing transformation to communities in the first century. That is the story. And I, uh, I'm amazed that when they received that power, what they did with it and the impact they had. And we see that they formed a community. And they formed a community that was a bunch of believers, they organized themselves into a community and then lived the devoted life through that community. Now, we'll think about that and think about that idea in just a moment. But I want to read you again from Acts 2 and just a few verses at the end of that chapter that I read at the beginning of the series and it really is a key for the whole of the series. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper. We just did that a few moments ago. And to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. A sense of awe, a sense of, a sense of wonder, a sense of amazement, a sense of reverence for God, an incredible sense of awe. Many miraculous signs and wonders. Anyone need a miracle? You've come to the right place. All the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill or the favor of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship, their number, their community, those who were being saved. So this describes a community that clearly looked after each other. And here's a principle. If we consider ourselves part of a church community, then we have responsibility to care for each other. Now, most of you don't need to hear that because you're already doing that. Thank you. But we all, all of us, obviously me included, and I'm not excluding anybody that, we have responsibility to look out for each other, 
to help each other, to encourage each other, to, to provide support to each other, to strengthen each other, to, to speak life to each other, to, to look out for each other, to, 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 to lift each other up if we, if we fall down. That's what a community does. A community is a group of people who have a shared values. And interestingly, our 12 values at Life Church are all about community. Because community is what it is. The church is not the building, some really fancy building. You know, you can look at some incredible uh, buildings. We have an incredible heritage in this country of great church buildings. But that's not the church. The church is the Christians. The church is the followers of Jesus. We are the church. So we have responsibility to care for one another. And that's how they started. People with the same interests, attitudes, they had a, a sense of community. They, were, they had a community spirit. You know, sometimes when people say, oh, we need more community spirit, you know, that's like helping uh, old people across the road, whether they want to be across the road or not. It's about, and it's often raffles and tombolas are involved. That's not what this is. This is about caring for one another and a mutual understanding that we need each other and we all need to be helped. So they were a devoted community. They developed something which was extraordinary. There was a common ownership. There was, they had the same values. They took responsibility for each other. Another way of describing that was one was the word family. Family means different things to different people, but a good family is a family where we're all accepted, we're all part of it, we're all valued, we all have a say, we're all involved. That's what family looks like. And sometimes you think, well, I can't have a family with a few hundred people in. A family can only be just a handful of people. But at no time can we shut off to that. We've got capacity to grow and in small groups and so on, so we can have family, we can model family, we can develop family as family expands. So I'm believing for a growing family. I'm believing for a community that cares, and that's what this looked like here. So who was in this community? Well, we know that the people in the community were not yet called Christians, but they were getting on with it before they were even called that. We know that these were people who had been with Jesus. We know that these are people who had uh, witnessed the resurrection. We know that these are people who were filled with the Holy Spirit and power. Does that describe me and you? We've been with Jesus. We know who he is. We've witnessed the power of the resurrection. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. We have more in common with first century Christians than we realize because we have that connection we love Jesus. We see the power of the resurrection. Resurrection lives means transformed lives. We see the power of that and we're filled with the Holy Spirit. So we're not second class to that. We're not like, I wish I was there then. Well, you may do, but I'm glad I'm here now because that's where God wants me to be. We were born for this time and this generation. God's called us to this. So they were formed. They became a community, the Christian church. So what do we look like? What do people see when they look at us as a community? I was in a meeting this week and and someone disparagingly referred to another person as, um, well, it wasn't wasn't the best, a born-again manic depressive. Now, that's not, that's not kind. That's not nice. Now, I'm not a medical person, so I don't want anyone to be offended. But 
this, he was describing the experience that he had with this person who sometimes he was, he was, he was happy, other times he was, he, he was, in, he, he was uh, difficult to get along with. We can't be that kind of people. We have to, be, to portray something of the goodness of God, something of the consistency of the devotion and our walk with God, something of the always being uh, loving, always being caring, always being considerate, always being open to people being joined in our community. We accept devotion. We do it for ourselves. No one can be devoted for us. So if we look at the first century, the 21st century, there should be the same characteristics between them at that time and us at this point. And I want to kind of unpack that through these verses and see what God can say to us for that. So in the first century, in verse 44, it said, all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. So community to them meant being together. It's hard to be a community that never meets. It, it, it's difficult. Online communities and got all sorts of options. I understand these days. But basically, a community of people who are together. It's hard to be a community if we don't share with other people. So, meeting together, and they shared what they have. So, does this mean, here it says, they sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Does that mean we all have to sell our houses? No, there's no evidence that that's what they actually did because it says that they continued to meet together in their own homes. They probably shared, sold other possessions that they didn't desperately need. There's no, good, there's no way that God would want us, you or me, to be out on the street any more than he would want them to be out on the street. They had a responsibility to their families, the Bible's clear about our responsibility we have to our families. That's not what it means, but what it does mean is they had compassion for each other, they went out of the way, they sacrificed with what they had so they could help and be a blessing to others. Still a big sacrifice, selling a, selling a house, selling land. And we've got to kind of, I think we need to understand a little bit more about what it meant to them to sell land. If you think about it, in Israel, they had been promised this land. For centuries, they had been promised this. For centuries, they had been separated from the land that they believed to be the land that was given to them. For centuries, they had a promise. And then when they walked into that promise, they took possession of that promise. There was great value to them on the land that they had. It was very significant ancestrally uh, heritage. It was God, what God promised them. It was an answer to prayer and they were holding on to. And you know, for, me, for you and me, if we see a great answer to prayer, whether that's in health or relationship or, or whatever that is, if that's a promise we've, we've heard from God, it, it's something we've held on to, it's something we've been faithful to, we've keep praying through. When that promise comes through, we rightly value that. But these people valued this highly, but prepared to dispose of that so they can help one another. It was a shared responsibility. First century, 21st century, we have a responsibility to care for one another. When we gave, giving is living, we do that every week. When we gave, and many of you give and standing order 
uh, to, to, for, for the upkeep of, of this community. When we do that, we share. We take responsibility together to share what we believe. And the things that we see, and Brian pointed out to us with, with, with Paige and releasing all those missionaries and, and all the things we do on a day-to-day basis, we share collectively. We share responsibility for that. And that's what this is actually all about. They showed their devotion and love and commitment to each other. It was community living. It was our church, not your church. It was our church, not the church. It was ours who took responsibility. When your language begins to be ours, our family, our people, then that's the point, I believe, when we start to take responsibility. And that's a wonderful thing. So this was a community, not yet called Christian, with a common language, pooled their resources, and they gave and helped and blessed people as best they could. But I wanted to look at the four things this devoted community did consistently. The four things that this devoted community were devoted to. And in those verses that we read, they're very clear and they're very well known and, and very simple. And it's not a, it's not a formula to say, do these four things and everything's fine. But what it is, is a pattern for life. First of all, they were devoted to teaching. Now, this talks about the apostles' teaching. They just wanted to learn more and more about the goodness of God. Now, if you would observe uh, somebody who is a teacher... You can tell the ones that are devoted and the ones for which it is just a job. You don't need to be an educationalist, an expert in education to see that when someone has passion for their subject and are really into that subject, there's a massive difference between that and somebody who just says what they think they're supposed to say. But this is talking about not just devoted to teaching, but devoted to learning. It's very significant that as Christians, if we want to grow, we have to keep on learning. We will get stuck if we don't keep on learning. If we don't have a devotion to week by week, day by day, week by week, getting into the Word of God, learning for the Word of God, sharing the Bible with other people, talking about it. If we don't do that consistently, there's absolutely no doubt that we'll begin, we will not grow. In, in fact, the reverse is true. We'll, be able to slide, we'll begin to slide away. Because if we don't know what God says about, about something, what the Word of God says about something, we'll start to pick up values, opinions, and attitudes from the, the godless world around us. We'll start to believe the prevailing ideas that we hear. Well, everyone says that, and everyone believes that. But actually, what does the Bible say about that? It's always our guide. It's always our yardstick. It's always, it's always our starting point. It's not the best argument that matters. It's what God's Word says about that. And if we neglect teaching, if we neglect, and you're here, you're listening, so you're definitely not neglecting it. But it's not just a Sunday thing. Through the, work, through the week, we can revisit what we've heard. We can listen to a podcast. We can be in a life group and, and unpack what we've heard. And we can meet with other Christians and encourage one another and share, what do you think about this? And how does this work in your life? We can, if we don't do that, it's almost like what we have learned in the past begins to fade. It begins to become a little bit of a distant memory that we kind of don't quite know it the way we used to know it. It doesn't quite affect our day-to-day life the way it used to do. But no, These guys were devoted, and we are devoted to 
the, the apostles' teaching. Devoted to teaching, devoted to learning. Consistent Bible teaching is an essential part of Christian community living. I believe that. Without that, we start to drift. If we're not continue learning, we're not growing. We need to be devoted to teaching and learning. So when we come, I want to learn. God, help me to kind of receive something this morning. I, I'll pick it up and I'll run with it. I, I, I'm here. My, my, eye, my, my, my ears and my heart is open to the concept that you want to, to want to share with me. I want to know more about you, God. I want to know more about this, the pattern of, of how you want me to live. We are devoted so we can learn and apply. The second thing that we're devoted to was fellowship. Or the common life. It's an old-fashioned word, but there isn't another one in English that describes it better than what it is. But they were devoted to being together, to fellowship. Fellowship is, 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 is friendship, but it's more than that. It's about a commitment to one, one another. It, it's, it's a much bigger deal. So if we are committed to each other, we deliberately spend time together. You know, some people might say, you will have heard people say, oh, I come on Sunday and, and I get a top up and, and then I just go. I don't really want, need to, to connect with people. I don't really, don't be so selfish. That's not right. Yeah, we need you and you need us. Because fellowship is, what, is how God has designed us to grow and to encourage and support each other. We absolutely do need each other. Don't just come in for a, a pit stop like a, a, a Formula One driver who just gets fueled up and then off he's, he's gone without much as a thank you, he's gone. No, it's more Le Mans, 24-hour race than a pit stop. No, we need this for life. We need to be building and we need each other. We need to be in fellowship with one another for this to grow and for this to develop. develop. Always encourage Always be a good example. Always be positive. Always be there. You know, isn't it great that when, you, when you're struggling, you know, there is somebody, if, if you ring them, they'll answer the phone. There is somebody, a friend, who if you'll text them, they'll reply. Some people you, you text, don't get back to you. Interesting. But it's good to know that there are people there who are there for you at the end of the phone. But more than that, they're just in community. We are committed to one another. We're involved in, in, in that. You know, some, but you say, well, this, if, I, if I kind of got more involved, I didn't just come in for the pit stop. Some of these people, some of these Christians, I don't really get on with. Some of these Christians, I don't really like that much. Try doing my job. <laughs> no, we get to do life with these people that God has sent in this community. That'll do for me. Right through my ministry, I said, God, I'll work with anybody you send me, anybody you connect me with, because that's an honor and a privilege and an opportunity. Yeah, we get to do this. Fellowship, we get to do life together. We share the common life. That's what fellowship is all about. We take responsibility to be hospitable, to be encouraging, to be generous, to encourage one another. Third one is they were devoted to breaking bread together. Now, I love the way that this 
translation, the New Living Translation, puts this. Communion, which we did earlier, is, a, is, is obviously a principal part of this. We'll talk about this in a moment, but it wasn't the only thing they were communicating. When you have a meal with somebody, you break bread. That's what you do. I think uh, that this is really well illustrated when we, when we have our Alpha course. And it's, we've got one starting on the 17th of September. If you're not done Alpha, great. I would highly recommend you signing up for that. But what we see through the 10 weeks of the Alpha course is that when eight people around a table, and we have several tables generally, break bread together week by week by week, eat together, eat a meal together, it's amazing how relationships build, how people get connected, how it is becomes the shared life. There's something significant in breaking bread together. If you share a meal with someone, that's a great and a generous thing to do. And it's a wonderful thing to do, but you just get to know them better. This is the principle we're talking about here, about breaking bread together, about sharing life together. You know, you see this in your home when you share a meal with friends. We see this when we, you know, men, we had men's breakfast the other week and we've got a curry night coming up soon. And Just simple things like that. It's a breaking of bread that brings, that builds community. But of course, it's also and principally talking about the Lord's Supper. Now, this morning, rather than having a meal, which would be quite difficult to pull off for this number of people, we had an example of a meal with just a small piece of unleavened bread, like a cracker, and some juice. And we broke bread together. And that's something we can do, and it's, it's not difficult to do. But because we do it regularly, don't allow that to become a familiarity thing that takes the value for it. It is massively significant, hugely significant. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six. Every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're announcing or proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes again. How significant is that, that we're announcing Jesus died, Jesus rose again, He's, he has given us forgiveness. We are putting our trust in him. We are announcing that and we are reminding ourselves every single time we do that, we're announcing, we are proclaiming. Anybody? It works so well in rehearsal. We are proclaiming. We are announcing. We're letting everybody know that the Lord has done this for us and he's coming back. Because we believe in his death, in his resurrection and his returning, his second coming. We absolutely believe in that. And we're reminding ourselves that this is, we, are, we are together, we are in community. Not because what have we done, but what God has done for us. We are reminding ourselves we celebrate this. I love how the Message Bible puts it. Every time you eat this bread and every time you drink this cup, you reenact in your words and actions the death of our Master. You will be drawn back to this meal again and again until the Master returns. You must never let familiarity breed content. 
think contempt, thinking about that, we're drawn in, we're reminded. Was that your experience this morning? You know, it's not, or we, we often do that. No, we're drawn in, we're reminded, we, we, we're celebrating, we are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes back. It is massively significant. The fourth one is we are devoted to prayer. Prayer is talking to and listening to God. And I think the more I listen, cans to be of greater benefit than the more the talking I do. Because God knows my heart and my attitudes and absolutely we, we express our needs to God and our heart to God. We, we, we express that even though he knows that already. We articulate that and, and, and make it clear. But you know, when we, when we spend time alone with God in prayer, we hear, we get direction, we get encouragement, we get leadership for our life. Don't neglect this. They were devoted to prayer, the Bible tells us, I am devoted to this whole idea. It's an extraordinary idea that we can pray and immediately earth and heaven are connected. Earth and heaven collide. Earth and heaven, you know, when Jesus said, when you pray, say, let will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, in this generation, I think we, we, we've got a greater value about the earth that God has provided for us and, and know that we're custodians of that and, and know that we should not be wasteful with resources and all this kind of thing. But, and and that's, that's a good thing because that's what God has provided for us. It's not just about a wait for heaven. It's about the connection now that earth and heaven, through prayer, earth and heaven collide. It's, heaven's not just somewhere we're waiting to go in some time in the future, earth and heaven come together when we pray. Heaven can be moved in our prayers. Our prayers are not weak and, 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 and uh, ineffective. The Bible says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. It matters when we're devoted by God. I'm going to bring this to you in prayer. This is going to be the first thing I'll do. Yeah, I might sort it out. I could worry about it. I could panic about it. I could get stressed about it. I could tell all my friends about how bad this situation is. Or I could, first of all, bring it to you in prayer. And I could listen to your instruction when I do that. When we pray, your kingdom come. When we pray, we make that connection with heaven. It's an extraordinary thing. And when we pray in the name of Jesus, amazing things happen in Jesus' name because it's about him. It's about the connection that he has given to us. It's about the access we have because of Jesus. We are devoted to prayer. We are devoted to talking and listening to God. We're devoted to teaching and, and, and learning. We're devoted to, to fellowship, that shared life. Yeah, we're devoted to, the, to breaking bread with one another, spending time to get to know each other and finding that fantastic example of the Lord's Supper, communion, breaking bread, where we say, God, we remember and we announce and proclaim what you have done. These four go together. We can't separate them. It's not, a, it's not a formula. If you do these four things, you know, these things plus X, this all happens. This is, not what this, is, what, this is not what that is about. But it is a pattern for us to live. 
And I believe if we remain devoted to these four things, we will grow as a community, certainly as individually and as a community. If we neglect any one of these things, it's difficult to claim that we're a viable community of faith. It's difficult because these go together. These, these are important. We, have to, we, we ought to learn together. We ought to break bread together. We ought to fellowship together. We ought to pray as well. It's a common life built around our shared values, our belief in Jesus. It's a quote for you, that, a quote for you I want to consider. God wants to be seen on earth through his devoted servants. Absolutely does. Absolutely does. God wants to be seen on earth through his devoted servants. We are called to live the devoted life to be seen. God to be seen on earth through what we do. Now I just wanted to take a moment to also consider what happened at this time when these people were filled with the power of God and devoted themselves to these principles. What happened? Well, the Bible tells us the first thing that happened, there was a decent sense of awe. There was a sense of the wonder of God. Don't lose the wonder of what God's done for you. I love to talk to Christians who've been Christians for years and still, still are excited and thrilled about what God's done for them. Still, I'm just not taking it for granted. I'm just, I just love Jesus and I'm just grateful for who I am in Christ. I love to talk to Christians like that. So there's a sense of awe and wonder. But it also tells us that there were many miracles and signs and wonders. Same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. We've reminded ourselves of that a number of times recently. It's a scripture that's living with me daily. We have the same power. If we devote ourselves as these people did, perhaps many miraculous signs and wonders could ensue. When we pray for people, as, we, as Brian did this morning, we're actually believing that God is able to heal. We actually believe that. So why can't we see more and more and more? Well, it's about God's power and it's about our devotion. I have decided that I am devoted. It's a decision I've made for myself and no one else could make for me. It's something that I have decided to live by. As church together, if we are devoted to him, to, to, to celebrating his life, to live the devoted life, what is the possibility of what could happen? Incredible opportunity for God to move. Because there were many miraculous signs and wonders. And daily, the Bible says, God added to that community. People were coming to faith on a daily basis. In East Lancashire, in the 21st century, I, I want to see that. I want to see that. I want to see people daily coming to know Jesus. And of course, across the world, they are doing. And that's continued for 2,000 years unabated. It's never stopped. Never stopped. But in your family, in your workplace, down your street, your friends, to see people consistently coming to know God. It's about the power that we have, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the empowerment of God, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead 
lives in us. It's, we have that power. God's, we don't need to ask God for anything more than we already have. God's looking for us to take action and to be devoted. Discover more about us at lifelanks.org and stay inspired by subscribing to the podcast via iTunes. Thanks for listening.